0: In the evening of the 27th of January 2020, police received a call about a missing child from his stepmother. But what would be unearthed in the investigation would be the monster hiding in plain sight. This is the tragic story of Gannon Stouch. Background. Letitia Hardin and her daughter, Harley Hunt, aged 12 at the time, entered the lives of the Stouch family in 2013 when she met Al Stouch and then-wife Landon Stouch. They played softball together on the same team, and Al and Landon had been married for 10 years at this time, and had two beautiful children, Gannon and Lena. At some point in 2014, Al and Landon separated, and before the divorce was finalised, Al and Letitia had started dating.
1: Following their separation, Gannon and Lena originally lived with their mother and her new husband, Mike Hoyt, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. For a few years, the kids would move between households for holidays and summer breaks, but over time, Al became concerned regarding the children's well-being in Landon's care.
2: Since Al works for the US National Guard in 2017, Al was stationed in Alaska, which meant that the family had to relocate from South Carolina. This was something that Letitia hated. She would make suicide threats to Harley at this time. It was around this time that it was alleged that Letitia claimed she was pregnant with twins. She would also file a claim of sexual assault on her by two of Al's co-workers, one of whom was his captain. It was believed that the motive behind these allegations was to have Al relocated to a different base and it appeared to work. During the course of their marriage, Letitia also filed two false burglary reports.
0: It was on June 11th, 2017, that it the Stepmonster purchased a life insurance policy on Gannon's death's It was, a child, it was a child rider policy and, $25, and would pay out $25,000 after Gannon's dollars. death. After Gannon's death, Letitia also set up Leticia the beneficiaries, up of, the beneficiaries of, the of the policy with her daughter. With her daughter Harley, Harley set to receive seventy-five percent of the money, and Al, Al Gannon's father, father was set to, was set to receive twenty-five percent. Should Gannon die, it was around this time Al had growing safeguarding concerns that the children were being exposed to drug use, which is presumably related to Mike Hoyt. It was also at this time that Landon was pregnant with her third child, Nova, Gannon's half-sister. Due to pregnancy being high risk, Landon was hospitalised for a time
2: because of it and was given strict orders to be on bed rest, which in turn affected her ability to fully care for Gannon and Lana. In 2018, Al and Letitia were awarded full custody of Gannon and Lena, and they moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Due to Al's line of work, they moved around frequently, which caused Letitia to become very upset, stating that she felt isolated and cut off from her family, who lived in Colorado Springs, which in turn triggered Letitia and the kids to move and live separately from Al. This meant that Letitia was the primary carer provider for all three kids, and she hated it. She
0: felt like a glorified babysitter and grew increasingly resentful towards Al. What worsened it all for Letitia was that she wasn't receiving the attention or the affection she pined for from Al. This caused a lot of arguments where Letitia would accuse Al of being unfaithful. And since the nature of his job meant that he would be away from home anything between 3 and 14 days at a time, the anger pot began to bubble and boil into a rage. A rage Letitia misdirected at Landon, and more importantly, Gannon. Please be mindful that Al was on deployment in Alaska when he was notified of Gannon's disappearance. Now, with the background established, let's look into the warrior that was Gannon Stouch.
1: Gannon Jacob Stouch was born on the 29th of September 2008 to parents Eugene Al Stouch and Landon Bullard Hoyt in Lorry, South Carolina. When he entered this world, he showed that he had the spirit of a warrior, which makes this case all the more heart-wrenching. He was born premature at one pound and six ounces, and he was given a 10% chance of survival by doctors due to his condition. And they said that if he were to survive, he would be severely, mentally and physically disabled. He overcame all of those odds, and though he did have ADHD...
0: ADHD is a condition that causes an individual to be inattentive, impulsive and hyperactive, though not everyone with ADHD is hyperactive. There is a subtype of the condition where there is no difficulty with hyperactivity. The condition leads individuals to seem as if they're misbehaving, but really they can't control it. It often occurs as a result of stress, not because they want to be naughty.
1: Thanks, Eka. Gannon also had stomach issues, he se- although he seems to be coming o- overcoming them. Showing everyone around him that nothing in life can hold you back. Ganon loved tacos and the colour blue, and his most prized possession was his Nintendo Switch, his favourite game being Sonic.
2: Note, Ganon stopped Nintendo Switch. Ganon had ADHD, and as many of you- as many who are neurodiverse, may understand that self-regulation is both difficult and important. Game consoles and devices such as Nintendo Switches can be used as a tool for self-regulation, and this would have been a lifeline for Ganon. He was in talented and gifted student programmes as well, which is really a testament of how much of a shining light Ganon was. He was a kind soul who -hmm. wanted to, to share his love of gaming with everyone, which
0: he did with his YouTube channel. But who was the stepmonster of Colorado? Letitia had a lengthy history of lies interwoven like cobwebs into reality, and this is very important to note. We have already mentioned some of her lies when we discussed the history of the family. She made accusations of sexual assault and lied about break-ins and lied about pregnancies, but it goes much deeper. Letitia had a previous criminal record and allegedly was arrested for a string of crimes across four states under three different aliases before the crime we are going to discuss unfortunately came to be. She was even sentenced to prison after one arrest. These char- the charges she was convicted of include battery, grand theft auto, making threats
2: and domestic violence, and yet she was still able to be employed as a teacher. It was just days before the events of Gannon Stouch unfolded that this step monster from hell was fired from a teaching job. She was undergoing an orientation for a job in a Mountain Ridge Middle School in the Academy of District 20 when the conditional offer was rescinded. According to District Spokeswoman Alison Cortez, Academy District 20 rescinded her employment offer after finding inconsistencies in her employment application.
0: Gannon's disappearance. On the morning of the 27th of January 2020, Letitia called Gannon's school, Grand Mountain Elementary, to report that he wouldn't be attending that day as he had been up most of Sunday evening experiencing stomach problems. In text messages exchanged between Letitia and Al, she claimed that she would give them an excuse at work and stay with him. She later contacted her employer via text message, claiming that her stepfather had been hit by a car and killed, and she would be unable to go to work that day. Lena, Gannon's sister, returned to the family home at 3.15pm, and Letitia told her that Gannon was asleep in his room, and that she could not see him. Presumably, this was because he had been unwell. So, Letitia sent Lena outside to play until Harley picked her up at 4.42pm. Letitia sent a text to Harley asking for carpet cleaner, trash bags and baking soda shortly after Harley picked Lena up. Gannon was reported missing by his stepmother, Letitia Stouch, that same evening. She informed the El Paso County Sheriff's Office that he had left home sometime between 3.15pm and 4pm. She claimed that he had left to walk to a friend's house in Colorado Springs. The initial report in the press release on his disappearance described the call about him as a report for a juvenile runaway. During this time, the community came together. Neighbours also lit up their porchways blue, his favourite colour, so that he would be able to find his way home.
1: The day before Gannon's disappearance, he sustained some very severe burns, which allegedly occurred after an incident with a candle. Video footage was leaked from that day, which had been recorded at 9.46pm on Letitia's phone, and in this footage, Gannon is heard crying, I'm just worried about my burns. This is important to note for later. On January 28th, Letitia's iPhone was placed on airplane mode and was off the network just after 7pm. At approximately 9pm, the data from her truck showed that the vehicle was at an S-curve near Palmer Lake, which just so happened to be where a blood-stained board would later be found. On January 30th, 2020, Gannon's disappearance became classified as Missing Endangered Persons Case. It was at this time that the Sheriff's Office requested that anyone with any information contacted the authorities and blasted what was described as misinformation on social media without specifying what the misinformation they refer- were referring to was.
2: 3rd of February 2020, though officials didn't directly address any rumours, Leticia responded to online comments that vilified her. She did this for an interview with a local CBS affiliate, KKTV. This interview in itself was very strange. Using odd language, and showed no emotion towards Gannon's disappearance. She had her back to the camera. She agreed to that interview January 31st, just days after Gannon Stouck went missing. Any message for Gannon?
1: Gannon, when you get here, you'll be able to truly tell what happened. And then I really hope I get a sincere apology from everyone who has made all those things, especially from my husband.
2: That is one of the interview clips that former 11 News reporter Spencer Wilson referenced from the stand in court. Wilson told the courtroom when the camera stopped recording, Stouck wanted to redo her message to her stepson. In
0: this interview, she had told me that she believed he was coming home. Uh, She said yes, gave her statement, and I said, okay, we got it. And then she said, you
2: know, what if we did that one more time? And I said, sure, whatever you want.
3: So I went back, turned the camera back on, but this time she was crying when she
0: was not crying the first time.
2: I can't wait. You can come home and let everyone know that you're okay. We love you.
0: And her demeanor completely changed.
2: The defense cross-examined Wilson about why Stouck did not face toward the camera for that interview. Wilson said that Stouck was concerned for her safety during that time, telling him that she was receiving threats. Death threats are one of them. My family's getting lots of death threats.
0: So, in the interview, Letitia is quoted as saying, I took care of Gannon for the last two years in our home. I would never, never, ever hurt this child. And I know there are some questions out there. That's up to the investigations. When they end up letting you know, but I've cooperated with them. We are going to find Gannon. That's the main goal we all have. I'm just ready for Gannon to come home. While Letitia was claiming in the interview that the family had received death threats, the officials stated that they had put thousands of hours into search efforts. These efforts included, but weren't limited to, aerial drone footage and search and rescue canines. The FBI Child Abduction Rapid Deployment, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and Colorado Springs Police Department were also involved in the search for Gannon. The community was out there searching for Gannon whilst it was claimed by many in the community that Letitia hadn't been seen as taking part in the search efforts. And though we couldn't find exactly when, at some point after the interview for KKTV, Letitia packed up her belongings and her daughter's belongings and they went on a very long road trip with a couple of detours on the way to South Carolina. When she did this, Letitia's family rallied around her, believing her proclaimed innocence and helped her move out of the house she and Harley had lived in as part of a family of five for a long time. Her brother, Dakota Lowry, noticed Letitia struggling with one of her suitcases. He immediately offered to help, but she refused it. When he asked what was in the suitcase, she replied by saying, softball stuff.
1: Yes, it's worth noting that in the interview, um, Letitia was basically guiding Harley and Harley's responses in that interview.
2: 4th of February 2020, it was on that this day that a neighbour came forward with surveillance footage that he claimed showed Letitia leaving the house with Gannon, but upon returning a few hours later, she was alone, his name being Roderick Drayton. He told ABC News that he decided to search through his security footage once the search had atten- intensified. It was then he discovered footage of Letitia getting into a red pickup truck on Monday morning at 10.13am with Gannon. And when she returned at 2.19pm, Gannon was nowhere to be seen in the footage. Drayton claimed, among many others, who reviewed the footage and we would support this, having seen it ourselves, that Gannon appeared to be walking very slowly when he was getting into the truck that morning and seemed a bit unsteady on his feet. A spokeswoman for the sheriff's office also told ABC News they had a copy of the video and didn't dispute any of Drayton's description of the footage. A quote from the spokeswoman, Jackie Kirby, this is just one piece in a very, very, very large puzzle. Drayton also claimed that he'd shown Al the footage on Sunday and stated, he's just broke down crying and said she lied. She lied about the time he didn't go to a friend's house. As you can imagine, this footage had loud alarm bells ringing in Al's head regarding his sinister wife's claims of the events that unfolded that day. What this brought Al to endure in order to bring justice for Ganon can only be described as heroic. Gannon's biological mother and father where his little sister Lana sat with them to make one of the most heartbreaking pleas together for anybody to come forward with information regarding Gannon's disappearance on the 5th of February.
3: How do I describe my G-man, my Gannon? Gannon's my hero. I love him so much. He's not only my hero, he has multiple people that call him his hero as well. He has so many family members that just look up to him at such a small age. He's full of life. He's happy. He's energetic. He loves sports. He loves Sonic. He loves going outside, playing with his friends, his sister, his neighbor, especially Braden. Um, This neighborhood basically gives you a true example of who my son is. Everybody coming together. All the smiles that people have. This is why I have hope, because I feel it. This is Gannon truly speaking to our community. Gannon, he loves Blue. He loves Sonic. He's into coding. He loves riding his bicycle with his sister. And I know that he's missing that right now. He holds his job as being Big Bubba, very important, and for him not to be able to talk to his sisters has to be hurting him. This week has been awful. It's been more than a roller coaster ride. It's been more than emotional mess. I don't even have answers for my feelings other than I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'll never hear his voice, that I'll never hear him run and say, mommy, that I'll never hear those corny jokes that he always tell every single day. He has to tell me a joke. He looks forward to telling me something silly. And I'm afraid that I may never see that again or hear it. I don't want to believe that because that means that I'm giving up hope and I'm not giving up hope because my son is full of hope. So I'm urging anyone that has any leads, credible leads, if you're too afraid because you know something, a kid just doesn't disappear and no one sees him. That's, doesn't, it's not how this works. So if you have anything that's credible, if you're afraid, don't worry about it. Imagine my son, how afraid he is. Imagine how afraid Gannon is. So please call, please write. If you need to have someone else to do it for you, please do, because my son deserves to be here. He deserves to be here. Please call El Paso Sheriff's County and let them know. And I thank you guys, the community, for what you've done, because this is Gannon. This is who he is, and I thank you guys so much.
0: You can really hear the fear and anguish in Landon's voice during that plea, and I find it truly heartbreaking every time we listen to it. During the
2: entire video that was posted to the El Paso County Officials YouTube channel, neither neither of the parents addressed any of the rumours regarding Leticia.
4: When Gannon was born, he weighed only one pound and six ounces, and even today he's still our miracle child. He still is, and... He's such a happy child, and he just brings life to every party. He, his smile, even today, is keeping us going. His infectious smile brings me joy every time I think about it. The past eight days have been, as Landon said, a roller coaster of emotions. Sometimes we jump in for joy because we get an information that we might think is a break in the case. And then and the next minute, we get it for, you know, we see something or get information that just breaks our heart into a million pieces again. But through all this, just know that your thoughts and your prayers and your messages, keep them coming because even if we don't respond, we are receiving them. And that has given us strength to get through this.
1: Letitia discussed with two individuals about taking a polygraph test on February the 17th. On February 20th, Letitia searched for polygraph test using Google, and 10 minutes later, a fake polygraph website was visited. Following this, a payment screen to pay for a fake lie detector was visited. It was after this that another search was made on Google, which was, can you get away with fake lie detector website? Using the website fakepolygraph.com, she even went as far as to pay for a fake polygraph test, but it was never sent back to her because management at the company blocked its release and she didn't get a refund either. The following day, investigators intercepted a call made by Letitia to the company. In the call, she allegedly asked about confirmation number for a test she paid for and then called a second time when she still hadn't received the test. Detective Bethel wrote in the affidavit that during this call, Letitia inquired about an email she received. The unknown mail stated that her report was blocked by management based on the content of these questions and stated that any illegal activities they reserved right to not send the report. Letitia then asked, what do you do now, just delete it and go on about live and keep the money? To that, the unknown allegedly responded, yes, we do indeed. Law enforcement were able to secure a copy of the questions used in the fake polygraph from an employee, and they are as follows, do you intend to answer these questions regarding your steps truthfully?" Yes. Is your birthday August 4th, 1983? Yes. Did you participate in any way in causing harm to your stepson? No. Did your stepson return with you to your home? Yes. Did you you participate in any way in causing the death of your stepson? No. It's
0: a bit bad when a fake lie detector polygraph website has better morals than you do as a person.
1: Um, I would would actually dispute the better morals because they didn't take that to the police. The police chased them.
0: True. They didn't go to the police, but they also didn't give her a fake polygraph test that gave her the results she wanted. So they've got better morals in that sense.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: On March 2nd, the disgraceful step monster was arrested and held without bond in Horry County, South Carolina, before being extradited to Colorado Springs. Despite his body still not having been found, she was charged with the following crimes. First degree murder of a child under 12 by a person in a position of trust. Child abuse resulting in death. Tampering with a deceased human body and tampering with physical evidence. On March 11th, she made her first appearance in Colorado after being extradited from South Carolina. Thankfully, she didn't speak during her first appearance, while the authorities absolutely wiped the floor with her, stating that they had filed over 100 search warrants in the case, and they were confident that Stepmonster was their suspect. Then came March 17th, when unfortunately, Gannon's remains were found in a green suitcase by a bridge worker in PACD, Florida, near the Escambia River Bridge.
2: But it wasn't until March 20th, 2020, that authorities announced they found Gannon Stouch's body. The details regarding the discovery weren't released at this time. But the El Paso County Sheriff's Office reached out, asking for anyone who had seen Letitia in Florida from March 3rd to March 5th to come forward. It was after this gruesome discovery that another, another nine additional charges were filed against this monstrosity of a human being, including first-degree murder after deliberation and eight counts of committing crime, committing a crime of violence. The torture of Al Stouch.
0: What Al endured in order to find Gannon and bring him justice can only be described as the most horrendous psychological torture. But the very fact that he pushed himself through it is what makes him an absolute hero. In this segment, we are going to cover the various lies Letitia spouted to Al while the police investigated Gannon's disappearance. These stories began on the morning of Gannon's disappearance between 8.43am and 8.50am. During this time frame, Letitia was texting Al about Gannon, asking about bath salts and hanging out with friends. At 9.27am, Letitia also texted Harley about the same topic and provided a screenshot of a conversation supposedly about bath salts. This all seemed to be quite deliberate in an attempt to make Gannon seem like an unruly, delinquent child. After his disappearance, part of the investigation consisted of the FBI coaching Al to have phone calls with Letitia, which they recorded and the lies spewed in these calls from Letitia are harrowing. They would argue over the phone in regards to the const- constantly changing stories that she would tell her then husband quick trigger warning in this section because some of these stories are pretty harrowing and by god they are infuriating at the same time you see Two days after having reported Gannon missing and claiming to police that he had gone to a friend's house and not returned home, Letitia's story drastically changed. She claimed to investigators that an intruder had held her captive in her own home and R-worded her in the basement, but she refused to undergo a sexual assault exam. She claimed that the intruder was involved in Gannon's disappearance. And so it began. In a voluntary interview
2: at the El Paso County Sheriff's Office on January 28th, Letitia had told detectives that she'd been held at gunpoint and R-word by a man she knew was a and that Gannon was abducted by the suspect after he R-worded her. Letitia claimed during the attack she'd been hit on the head and blacked out but the investigators noted no injuries. Letitia told, told investigators Gannon jumped on a guard's back and that Gardo was able to throw Gannon off his back and across the room. Letitia told police after the attack, she cleaned up the areas where the attack happened. The investigators in- obtained records from Storch's home alarm company. They found the home's back door was open and closed 10 times during the time period that Letitia said she was being attacked. Natisha complained of chest pain at the end of the police interview and was taken to a hospital. While there, she left without telling detectives and was picked up by an unknown person.
0: After making this claim, and having multiple calls discussing it with Al and confirming that Brown was the intruder, Al eventually accused Letitia of lying about Brown's involvement in Gannon's disappearance because it had been confirmed by law enforcement that Brown was in Mexico the entire time. It was also during this web of lies that she also claimed that Gannon had bled and his skin had bubbles out after burning himself with a candle, and made comments about how he had apparently picked the burns. Despite describing what would be severe burns, she didn't seek medical attention and then downplayed it all, even though, based off her own description, the degree of burns that he had sustained would require medical attention. After this, Letitia claimed in another call that Brown wasn't involved at all, and suddenly the story shifted again. She then claimed to Al that Gannon was abducted from her car while she was in the store. She also stated at one point that a woman who appeared to be eight months pregnant but wasn't actually pregnant had been involved in Gannon's disappearance and had attempted to force Letitia to take part in money laundering. During another phone call, Letitia accused Landon, Gannon's mother, of having kidnapped her own son. She went as far as to claim that she believed Landon had taken him out of the country and stated, she is doing everything she can to point the finger at me. One of the claims Letitia made was that Gannon had it out for her. She alleged that Gannon had threatened her with a knife and attempted to kill her, though there was no evidence of this.
4: Hey, do my family? Right, listen. Uh, like I said the whole time, I'm just trying, trying to help you and trying to keep you and Harley safe from all... I mean, these people are after me now. I don't know who the hell it is, but I, like I said, I had to go get my clothes changed and everything just so I could blend in better. And I want you to know that no matter what, no matter, no matter what, we can work through this together and I can help you, okay? But You just gotta let me help you, but I have a very, you told me to be straight up, I got a very straight up question, okay? Are you ready? Yeah. Did you kill Ganon? No. Yeah. I need to know. I need you to answer me, yes or no, right now.
3: I killed Ganon. The you... answer is no. I can't believe you
4: asked me this. I just gotta know you. I told me to be straight up. I gotta know what's happening to my son. Give
3: I me mean, why you would think I killed Ganon. There's,
4: lo- there's a lot of unknowns. I mean, you, I, I, be, being straight up again, you change your story again to me for the fourth time.
3: My story.
4: You did. This is the fourth version of the same story. Okay? Right. Wow. Like half of what you told me today, with the cut foot, and now he's got burned arms and picking it and his butt's bleeding, all this stuff is, is new to what you told me the other day. And the other day you told me you cleaned up the area where you got raped so nobody would see it, but now you told me you just changed clothes. I just don't know what the hell's going on i didn't tell you first off you never even listened to me about anything that went i on. did i no you stop because I, I listened to you, you i listened to you and then i went and got the guns and put them in the truck and then i came back and listen me and landon listened to you and then i stopped and picked your story apart so get it straight tisha i listened to you and i said if i'm wrong about the rape i will get on my knees and beg you for forgiveness did i not say that yeah but you haven't exactly because i haven't been proven wrong yet i want the truth if i'm wrong if they, if if the, the police no matter what they're doing the fbi the cbi the cbs whoever Okay. If they tell me I'm wrong, I will publicly, in front of the world, get on a camera and tell you I'm sorry. But until that happens, we're gonna find the truth. How can you tell me that someone didn't? Co- I don't understand. How can you tell me that someone didn't do something to hurt me and take me? I'm, do- I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you it, it hasn't been proven one way or the other. You said you banged your head on the freaking table. Uh, now I gotta tell them to go check out the table and see if there's any blood or or any of your. They knew that. They had already asked that. Okay, but that's the first I heard of it. You see what you see what I'm saying? you
3: never. To me you literally just sat here in a conversation and asked me did i kill our
4: child yes i did because i, I because if you say no then i can't I, i'll stop thinking that you did it okay that's horrible i don't know what to think my my son's blood you're telling me his blood's all over the walls and now you're telling me no, are telling right. me uh the mexican guy that had the gun to your head or whatever took him away and he knows him and he could be anywhere
3: Gun? So, so
4: where did you get that piece from? That was what. That, so now you got me twisting all your stories up because that was from the first time you told me the rape story. He had a gun to your head. And you told me it was that your was gun. And you told me, but you first that's you told one. me it was your gun. So that's fine. I'm, I'm not debating the points here, but... I said the black one. Okay. Okay. Fine. But I mean,
3: you know, in your heart, I would never forget it. I, yes,
4: I, I absolutely believe that. I, but I'm doing everything I can to help you right now. But teacher, listen. Teacher, listen. The thing is, if you don't, but it's not just. It, I asked you if you if you killed him. You said no. And I'm sorry. That was a hard question. But if you know anything, or you did anything, or are just upset about it, we can help, we can work together, and I can help you. But I can't help you if you don't tell me anything. It's just there's so many unknowns, Tisha.
0: It truly is harrowing, listening to the recordings of the phone calls between Leticia and Al. You can hear the desperation the pain in al's voice and the way she just she screeches at him the way she talks to him it makes my blood boil especially after knowing what she did as well it just makes it all the worse she truly does sound like an absolute evil maniacal Mm. villain (laughs) i don't know how else to put it just ring rings alarm
2: bells
1: also while we're on the topic of it um you've got to think that at some point here al was making that plea for information for his son's whereabouts and while also knowing and helping people um, the police try and get it out of his wife
0: It truly must have been horrendous, the amount of psychological torture she was putting him through. I can only imagine, like, how Al must have felt at the time. He must need so much therapy after all this. Some more of her claims were as follows. When El Paso County Sheriff's Office came to the house on January 27th, 2020, the abductor was still in her residence and she tried to signal the El Paso County Sheriff's Office deputies that there was somebody in the residence. She was R-worded by a man at her residence and he abducted Gannon and she knew the man's identity because she saw a paper and his identification card just miraculously fell out of his pocket that had his name on it. A man followed her from Petco and at some point... For some unknown reason, was laying in the middle of the road in front of a car when Letitia stopped to avoid running the man over. He jumped into her car and made her take him home and R-worded her. Letitia and Gannon were near County Lane Road, Highway 105, in Northern El Paso County on January 27, 2020. Gannon is riding a bicycle in the area and fell off, hit his head, and was then at. Abducted by a man who just so happened to be waiting for them. Letitia stated that the blood in the corner of Gannon's room was a combination of hers and Gannon's. In this explanation, she stated that the abductor anally P-worded her and Gannon with an object. Additionally, she was tied up at some point in the abduction and the abductor was still present during the El Paso County Sheriff's Office visit that night. During all of these phone calls, the step monster rarely mentioned a desire to find Gannon and was evidently more concerned about herself and her relationship with Al Stouch. And going over these claims is truly exhausting It is mentally exhausting just to read. So I really sympathize with Al. As part one comes to a close, we're going to include some more of the recordings between Al and Letitia just to really help build the scene as to what she was putting Al through at this time. It honestly is so harrowing and evil and cruel what she put him through. And the fact that even in that last recording, she is more bothered about are they still in a relationship really chills me to the bone. She is an evil woman.